1: The Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, a sports bar we just love. If you listen to this podcast, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans just makes the experience better. Look, obviously, watching a Warriors game on your own is fine. I've done it for years. But watching the game in a place that lets me scream and cheer and just generally lose my shit with other dub fans is so much more fun. COVID stole that opportunity for a while, but the ACO has given it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs and their full complement of great food and drinks. It's big, it's comfortable, it's a great spot to watch Steph continue to reign threes during this incredible Warrior season, the NFL playoffs or any other sport with fans While still staying safe I love this bar I love their food, I love their space, I love their TVs I even love that it's family friendly I can go there with friends and get way too passionate Or I can go with just my wife and kid And enjoy brunch while catching a game The Athletic Club is now my go-to spot to watch all sports Especially the Warriors And I hope you'll join us there The Athletic Club Oakland Where sports fans can be sports fans again
0: We're going to bring you on to our huddle.
1: You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram with me, per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus.
2: What's up, Dev Nation?
1: And our master, all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Boys, we are in an excellent place as Warrior fans, and I'm even more fired up rejoining us after far too long. The San Francisco beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, a guy who attends every single finals, practice, press conference, shoot, around, and game. And the man who helped me sort through my broken feelings after game one, Mr. C.J. Holmes. What's going on, C.J.? Good to see you. Wow. Very measured and professional uh, open here, C.J. (laughs) I mean, I guess like one stint on the finals and suddenly you're like, Mr. Professional. I'm very impressed.
3: (laughs) Nah, man. Nah. It's all good. I'm sure I'll cut up at some point, So. (laughs) <laughs> we'll take that. How goes Boston, man? I know this finds you in the belly of the beast. Well, I just sat in 30 minutes of traffic to go two miles. Other than that, it's great. <sighs>
1: Huge fun. Have you seen, so we covered this a little bit in our last podcast, but there's been a lot, you know, praise. I don't know how to phrase it. There's a lot of things that have been said about TD Garden and interaction between Warrior fans and Boston fans. Have you seen any nasty shit? Have you seen, you know, Warrior fans get accosted by Celtic fans or anything nasty on the street? Anything out there that's sticking out in your mind?
3: Personally, no, because I'm in such a rush to get from one place to the next and I kind of have tunnel vision walking down the streets. Uh, but I do think Jason, um, Jason, one of the Bay Area broadcasters, like tweeted out something um, when we were in Boston last week saying he talked to some Warriors staffers and they are saying they had to take their, their Warriors gear off because they are just getting like, you know, messed with by fans and flipped off and things of that nature. So, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's going on. I'm just thankful
1: that I haven't had to deal
3: with it personally.
1: Yeah, there you go. I can tell you, as a former Raiders season ticket holder, the stories that are coming out there aren't really that nasty. I remember our first game that I brought my wife to, somebody behind us screamed, that person's been stabbed, and they were definitely right. So until some nasty-ass story like that spills out of Boston, you know, I'm I'm not way over the top uh, impressed with just how inappropriate Boston has been. But I tell you what, boys, let's jump in. We've got limited time and a lot of crap to talk about. So let's start with our glass half full. Look back at that last game. Give me something that you liked and didn't. To give you boys some time to think I'll go first, here's the first thing I liked. I love that Jordan Poole spent four games learning how to flop from Marcus Smart and then unleashed that immediately onto Marcus Smart. You know, it's like those like old school karate movies where the guy learns from like their, their sensei for a while and then at the end of it, the student becomes the teacher and flips over all the learnings onto Smart. So I love that. Um, I loved Wiggins' ongoing transformation. So at the risk of doing too many movie things here and also showing my age, the eighties used to have this move where they would have the female lead who was very obviously gorgeous, but they would hide her under like a ridiculous haircut and giant glasses. And she'd be the best friend. And then as the movie progressed, the glasses would come off. She'd change her hair. And suddenly, you know, we'd recognize her as the starlet she always was. That's what this finals has been for Wiggins. You know, we, we all kind of viewed him as like this throw in and this guy who was just making the money and would kind of help and not necessarily be a, Difference maker. Well, boy, the fucking glasses are off. The hair has been changed. This guy is a stud, and I love watching it. Um, And the last thing I'll throw in there, and going back to Jordan Poole, I like Jordan Poole 40-foot quarter ending shots, dude. The... Thank God for that shot he hit in the third quarter. I was literally losing my mind as as Boston came storming back. I was saying nasty things to my wife. So I I watched the game with Erica. It was just she and I. We're still going through this COVID uh, quarantine. And while the Warriors are winning, I'm all happy. I'm explaining everything to Erica. You know, it's this really great experience. Then the Celtics come on this flying comeback. Erica doesn't realize that I've now lost my mind and unwilling to speak to anybody. And after the Warriors start losing, she asked me a question about Steph's. Shoes. I say nothing, 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 and they go, What? What are you talking about? And then go back to the screen. So thank you, Jordan Poole. You don't know this, but you saved my marriage. So those are the things I liked, boys. Uh I'll turn it over to you. What do you got? Something you like or something you didn't? You know, something I liked is the fact that you know Steph
3: Steph Curry shot the ball as poorly as he did for three-point range. Yet the Warriors still found a way to rally and win that game. And they got, you know, it, a lot of talk heading to this game or really the last two games with Steph needs help, right? Steph needs help. It can't just be him. And, you know, as you said, the Warriors got incredible production out of Andrew Wiggins. I mean, now, the, now you are an all-star, Andrew Wiggins. All right, by the way, now you are. <laughs> like, you know, you know, in, in, in uh, Infinity War when Tony Stark has to like night uh, Peter Parker, like, you are an Avenger now. You know, Let's go. You know, yes. You know, one thing Draymond said is guys who think they're guys, you know, come to the postseason and they don't play like guys. And Andrew Wiggins played like a guy, and you can make an argument that he's been the Warriors' second best player in the series, and they're going to need a lot more of that uh, tomorrow night in Boston. But the fact that guys like Wiggins, Jordan Poole, you got, what, 15 from Gary Payton on high efficiency, um, the fact that they, had, they got so much production out of everyone up and down the roster. I think that bodes well to uh, heading into what's going to be a very difficult game six situation tomorrow night in Boston.
2: I liked, uh, Gary Payton being back. I think it was underappreciated how much he helps us, especially on the defensive end, him being able to switch and give us that another body that can guard their guards, their three guards, um, it's just helpful, and, uh, you know, like, we missed him when he was hurt. It looked like he may be out for the rest of the season. He's back playing again, and you can't really tell that he has a fractured elbow. Um, so I just like that he's back, and um, to CJ's point, he's the 15th dude on our roster, and he's getting quality, efficient minutes. So I think that says a lot about our strength and numbers. Um, what I don't like or didn't like is that there continues to be this narrative that when the Warriors um, win, it's because – Steph or Wiggins is just having a, a ethereal moment, and it just is a lucky game that we got hot. When Boston loses, at, by the same token, it's Boston threw the game away. I know they have a ton of turnovers, but we're not getting credit for being the 2nd rank defense um, and for being a good team, too. It seems like the narrative is Boston is losing this series, not that the Warriors are winning it.
1: Thankfully, I have not been paying attention to narratives. Even as you started to say that, I started to get angry. I had no idea that that was like an ongoing thing, and I refuse to even acknowledge it now. Instead, I will focus on the GP2 stuff you said. So rewind this, right? Go back to the Memphis series when GP2 gets hurt, and look at Steve Kerr's reaction. Fifteen men don't get those kind of reactions, and we are seeing why right now. He's a huge difference maker in the fucking NBA finals, and I'll make it even more specific than the stats we just heard. You know what things stuck out to me? So Draymond is getting all types of, uh, of news on this, and he should when he followed Tatum and basically everybody else into the Celtics huddle uh, in the third quarter during game five. Well, who was with him? GP2! He was saying literally, he, he wandered right in there with him, looked just as confident in that scenario. The kind of attitude that takes, even if you are a 12 year starter in the NBA, to do that during the finals. GP2 is a 15th man, and he had absolutely no problem literally invading their personal space during a finals game. The kind of balls that takes, I would never be able to do that. I'd be apologizing around everybody, I'd be following Draymond, but I wouldn't want to. You know, I'd be like, Spring is here. Are you sure we're supposed to do this? Whereas GP two was just down. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I like that read. How about you, Maxine?
4: Yeah did you did you guys see GP two uh, was interviewed and he said that he'd beat his dad 11 and 0 uh, in a game of one on one. So <laughs> well, he's I'm got like, that image right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that came out yesterday today. When was the game? Did he when when uh, when he was a kid, or like did they just play it? <laughs> no, no, no. He would.
4: No, no, no. This is all speculative. I don't. Know. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. He's coming with that energy on ten. You know, so that's that's what we need. I I will say I I loved also Draymond and how he came out with that energy. On the other hand, I don't like that he's fouling out. What is this now four games in these finals? That's a an NBA record. Not a great sign. Um, but I think the type of you know inertia that he's coming out with is great. And on top of it, that he's able to. Uh, get fouled out with three minutes to go and this Warriors team can hold on to what's going on that was definitely enough time for the Celtics to come back and still without Draymond we prove that we have the energy to keep it happening the other thing that I don't particularly like and I know this is kind of weird because Bram you just said it was one of the things you liked and don't get me wrong in the moment I loved that Jordan Poole buzzer beater it felt real great some of those shots that he's making are fantastic but the problem for me is that makes him on the edge of playable from an offensive perspective, but only as a shooter. Meanwhile, he's still not doing it as a playmaker and he's still not doing it on the defensive end to the point that, to me, he feels more like a liability than he does um, a benefit. And I'm nervous that some of this good shooting is going to make it so that he gets more playing time than he really should
1: right now. Well, I'll tell you who agrees with you. Boston, they hunted the shit out of him. Every single time that uh, JP is on the floor, that's the matchup that they are searching for. And, you know, it's it's certainly an issue, but I won't have you take away that three point moment. Me and Jordan Poole enjoy that for the rest of our lives, Maxime, and you can fuck yourself trying to take that away from me. I also love the idea. Um, I thought that GP2 was feeling himself so much that he's like, yeah, you know, my 50 year old father, I'd beat his ass 11 to 0 right now, CJ. Let's jump in to our golden questions because I need your help right from the jump, all right? So golden questions are our uh, mailbag. People write in with occasionally personal ones, always Warriors-related. And here's the first. Has Andrew Wiggins been more valuable than Jason Tatum during the NBA Finals. So here's why I need your help, CJ. That question's a little hyperbolic, yeah? And you know, I, I got all excited for it. I was like, oh, he is, he has been better, and I can't wait to do a, a podcast about it. And then I looked at the stats, and maybe not. Um, Wiggins is averaging 18 points per game, nine rebounds, 1.6 assists, one steal on 45% shooting. Tatum's beating him on that. Uh, 23 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. Tatum's playing well enough where I think he probably edges out Wiggins, but... Here's the question I do want your help with. Give me the top five players in this series so far from both teams. All right. So not the top five Warriors, top five Celtics, literally the top five in your mind. And before you do that, I'm going to give you a little piece of uh, piece of advice that I pulled from the San Francisco Chronicle today. Quote, when Warrior fans look back at this postseason, they should always remember that Andrew Wiggins showed up in the biggest moments. Uh, Golden State was facing the possibility of a 3-1 series deficit on Friday night, but Wiggins scored 17 points and collected a game-high 16 rebounds. And when the Warriors needed to protect home court in Game 5, he set a new playoff career high for points, and half with 16 and finished the night with a team-high 26 and 13 rebounds. That came courtesy of our own C.J. Holmes. So take your uh, your own work into account here. What do you think, man? Who are the top five players so far in this final? Well, I want to touch on the point you made
3: real quick You know, with the Wiggins versus Tatum thing. I would say that Wiggins has been more effective in these finals. Yeah, sure, Tatum's probably averaging more points He's shooting the three ball. Like, he's been on fire from deep, you know, all, all, all series long, but he's struggling from two. He's turning the ball over at an alarming rate, and he's not getting it done at both ends in the way that Wiggins is. Wiggins is taking care of the ball. Um, Wiggins is rebounding like a center right now. Um, I mean, and uh, he's, he's been efficient from two, and, again, I just think that the value he's bringing at both ends just in this series, I'm not saying he's a better player than Jason Tatum, but in this series, I think he's outplayed him. I, I I really do. In terms of top five players in this series, well, let's start with number one, right? I'll, I'll, I'll go from top to bottom, make it a yeah. little easier. Got, it has to be Steph, right? Next. All right, number two. Number, number two, I, I would say. Do it, CJ. You've already laid out the case. Give it to us. Yeah, number two, I would say Wiggins. Ooh, let's go. Number three, I would say Jalen Brown. Four, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Robert Williams. Let me go Robert Williams. The, wow. the, the impact he's made on the glass has been pretty yeah. tremendous in this series. And Number five, I'll go Jason Tatum.
1: I love this analysis. All right, so I looked into the Wiggins thing and had some points, but thought that I'd lose credibility with you, so I kept them in pocket and tried to gain credibility by going the other way. And it turns out I was right the first way. Here's here's why I'll, I'll agree with you. I think you can make an argument that Wiggins has been more valuable and you've already hit the most important bullet points that what Wiggins is doing on the defensive end is irreplaceable. There's not somebody else on the Warriors who can slow down Tatum the way that he has and his contributions on both sides of the floor are almost equally fucking valuable. And for as long as that's true, I think it vaults him. Who's who's what, what defensive work has Tatum done? that you could identify as a gigantic difference make. But am I, we, we've, we've got two of us. What do you think? Uh, Mac, uh, Maxine, Marcus, do you guys agree with this? Is Wiggins yeah, the second best player in the series? Let me, let me toss out a, a
4: hypothetical. Would anybody right now switch Jason Tatum for Andrew Wiggins?
1: What do you mean? Like if, if Boston decided to trade us just for the purposes of this series, would we trade Tatum for Wiggins? Exactly right. Because to
4: to me, the answer is no. And and that's, I think, to CJ's point, is precisely that Wiggins... The fact
3: that I'm hesitant, I think the fact that I'm hesitant about that speaks to what
4: Wiggins has done. Yep totally because he's he's the Wiggins knows his role I said it before I think even with you CJ that he is the best fourth option that we have and look I mean with clay having a uh, kind of a tough series from a shooting perspective I don't think it's justified to say that Wiggins is the fourth option at all but the point stands that he understands his role and he excels in his role and and I don't think that I would trust Tatum to fit into that because I think that regardless of what side that he's on he's showed his immaturity um, to be able to handle a big pressure moment like this and that really matters No matter if you're supposed to be the leading scorer or the fourth option or the second option.
1: Well, we also have to really give credit to where it's due with what Wiggins is providing to the Warriors. I mean, even if we look at it offensively, he is one of the only guys who is athletic enough to get to the rim and exercise his will to get close-up shots. If we bring Tatum back to us, that's not what he's been doing at all for Boston. He feels kind of uncomfortable going to the rim from what I can tell. He's been way more effective from behind the arc. Well, do we need that? No, we don't. We are, you know, we are historically capable from three-point land. Um, so having thought about it, I'm not sure I would make that trade. And, like, although
3: although Tatum has had some pretty good assist games, the Warriors need someone who's going to play all that iso goal. That doesn't fit the system either, you know?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. We, uh, we've either angered or bored MT. I can't even tell. Where are you on this? It looks like you're looking out, uh, like, reading something or something, dude.
2: I was. I was checking the stats to make sure I believed who my fifth player was for my list. Uh, So I'm going to go in order, um, one to five. Steph is one for me, too. I got Wiggins at two. I got Tatum at three. Jalen Brown at four. And then my number five, I'm going to go Looney. I think he's underappreciated his size, his ability to still stay in front of – uh, Brown and Tatum and smart and Derek White when they're driving has been underappreciated um, and I was just looking up his plus minus in our wins he's always plus twenty plus um and even when in our losses he's got some of the smallest um, negatives so um you know we we were singing his praises and saying he was MVP um, a series ago, and I think um, we forgot just how good he is and how much of an MVP looney
1: Tatum man. I'd absolutely agree with that, and at the risk of over-praising Wiggins, I want to drop one more name into this microphone, uh, Kelly Oubre. So a lot of people are pointing out Wiggins as being in the right place at the right time. That's fair. You know, he's getting an, an, a ton of extra space. He's getting all the advantage that the Splash Brothers create, and he's taking advantage of that. But. We have seen other people supposedly with a very similar skill set who've come in here and didn't take advantage of what was around them. Kelly Oubre is the guy who sticks out to me. You know, he went out of his way to be selfish, never really embraced the culture, and wasn't catapulted by it. Wiggins, you know, that um, you hear people like Kendrick Perkins or the rest of the national media, and basically what they're, they're giving the Warriors more credit than they're giving to Wiggins, that this, this culture came in washed over him and then suddenly made him successful well having watched other people come in and out of here without that culture making them a finals difference maker i think we all deserve or wiggins deserves all of our realization that he's more than just a right place um you know right time that he has seized this opportunity and he seized it in a way that a lot of people before him did not so i I wanted to make sure that i said that's it's
3: not just about the opportunity there's been plenty of people who have squandered great opportunity. The Lakers had a great opportunity this year, all those guys, but you know, it's about it's it's about the guys, like you said, the guys who take a stranglehold of that opportunity and, and thrive in it.
1: I also love that he's maintaining his robotic personality at least behind the microphone. So, like you're reading articles, and actually, I wanted I wanted to ask you about this, CJ. I'm glad I came up with this. I saw something from Marcus Thompson. I think I think it was a tweet saying that as he's coming off the floor, Wiggins is all animated and he's all excited, and you can tell he's he is embracing this new role as a Finals different thinker. Then he gets behind the microphone, and once again, he looks like a toy that someone's left on in like an empty apartment. You know, like it's just these real monotone, straightforward answers. So, have you noticed? any difference in him? Is, is is his personality coming out as his success is, has gotten bigger? Um, sure, I can see a little bit of that. And, and,
3: and you know, of course, guys are in good moods, so like you know, when they're balling. And it's just it seems like Andrew's really been in a good mood lately. And although his answers are still short, he's doing it with a smile on his face. And it feels a little, it just looks a little bit more lighter up there at the podium compared to, you know, most of the second half of the season when I was here. <laughs> It's good to see, and he deserves it. He deserves it. Um, gotta, gotta give, gotta give a guy like him his flowers, man. Especially um, when he's went out there and earned it like this, and not to mention when no one gave him a chance to. Don't forget, like so many people were ready to write off Andrew Wiggins um, over the stretch run of the regular season, and it just it, it as crazy as it sounds, like the dude just flipped the switch come playoff time. Um, he focused more he focused more on what he does well and got back to the, the simplicity that made him an all star starter in the first place. Um, So, you know, hats off to Mr. Wiggins, and he
1: deserves every bit of the success and love he's getting right now. Well, think about the two symbols that that he has come to symbolize, like before this, right? Wiggins was the symbol of a first, uh, a number one overall pick who was not living up to his potential. Was what it was. Good player, but not worth the money. And, you know, Nick Wright said when the Warriors traded for him, he was going to be the reason. That albatross contract by Steph would never make it back into a finals. Ridiculous take. Now look where he's at. He is now the go-to piece why Windhorse says this uh, roster is unfair. He's the reason why Brian's all upset that, you know, that our our, uh, our checkbook wins, you know, and and nobody ever would have foresaw that coming. CJ, keep the mic. Let me give you another question, and we desperately need it from you. Quote, I have a seven-month-old little boy named Jason, and my life is a little brutal right now. The one sound I can count on day after day is the crying of an infant who isn't sure what he wants. I love the show and need your take. Who do you think cries more, my Jason at home or Boston's Tatum during the finals? What do you think, CJ? Um, I, I, I am way too – I'm too close to this, dude, so I can't give yeah. you an, an official opinion. That
3: shit went live so quickly. <laughs> that shit went live so quickly.
1: Let's make it a real question. I will tell you as a remarkably biased Homer fan – the the bitching that Tatum is doing is not going unnoticed. It feels like it happens every single time down the floor. But I'm sure that Boston fan feels you know the exact opposite on on probably like Draymond or somebody else. So doing this for a living, maintaining your objectivity. Do you think Tatum's crying a lot or you know, uh, is this? A little I
3: haven't noticed it as much on the court, but you know his post game pressers. You know you can tell he has a little bit of a toad you know what I'm saying? A little bit of attitude, but I think a lot of that just comes with being young and learning how to navigate yourself in the NBA media space and stay level headed. And that, that's one thing. That's a big thing. Why I respect, you know, you know, these warriors vet so much, no matter how high, no matter how low these guys are just even keel. You know, Steph could go for 30, 43, and he's going to talk to you the same way as if he goes zero for nine from three, you know, um, and that's in, and, and, and getting to that, Getting to that, getting into that mindset takes time and experience, and it takes a little bit of a, a little bit of success. You know what I'm saying? You know, Jason's in a position yeah. where he still has a lot to prove, and you know maybe I don't want to say the the pressure is getting to him. Right? I, I hate putting that on people. Right? But you, you, you know the spotlight's big, and you know his, 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 his team his teams are his team's been is on the ropes now, and you know when you lose games in the NBA finals, it hurts. It hurts, right? So maybe there's a little bit of, a little bit of brooding and, and pounding going on. But I, I fully expect him to continue. Obviously, he's going to continue to mature. You know, the longer he's around this game.
1: The line, the one sound I can count on day after day is the crying of an infant who isn't sure what he wants. I just felt like the second he read that, dude, you need to put that comment like
3: in a freaking like. In like a glass case or like a frame or something. Frame I mean,
1: that we thing. all, <laughs> that is watching your guys' faces as I read it, that really just matched my own. Because I remember reading this and I was like, ah, oh, why is he telling us about it? I think I know where this is going. Like, oh, yeah. And then he finished it out. I just, I absolutely enjoyed it right from the jump. Um, similar question and MT, I'll throw it towards you. So this one's a long one, and I'll distill it out. Essentially, what they're saying is, Draymond going into the belly of the beast, Draymond going into the uh, Celtics huddle, arguing, 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 and then coming out of there without a tech. You know, is is like jumping in a pool and not getting wet. It's like an impossible deal. And the ultimate question is, do you think Draymond <laughs> is getting extra leeway from the refs? And that's been a very popular. Uh, take from Boston fans anywhere listen to an NBA podcast and you'll hear them talking about this issue so what do you think man you tend to hedge a little bit less homer than I do is is Draymond getting extra special treatment throughout this series
2: I don't think so I think he he's walking the line and he's close but I don't think it's special treatment it's the finals and the referees don't want to put themselves in the position where they're dictating the outcome they wanna let the players do it on the floor. Um, you know, it was great. I, I liked that he he wanted the ball back. Tatum didn't want to give it to him, so he just followed him. He didn't say anything, you know, for the most of that trip over there. And I loved that GP 2 was was there and had his back and was like, Let me let me walk through the, the belly of the beast with you, you know, and make sure you know I have your back. I to me, to seeing those that those two white jerseys kind of filter through all that green was just a beautiful sight to me because Draymond was basically saying like I'm not backing down. Tatum wasn't either, and GP was just like, yeah, me and my fractured elbow are here too. Let's do it. <laughs> CJ, who are you as a player? Would you have ever done that? Would you have rolled into an opposing
1: uh, huddle and you know let your uh, no, presence dude, be felt a little bit? I was a
3: I was a goddamn boy scout on the basketball court. I didn't talk trash. <laughs> you, know, I didn't, you know I was just you know by the books. Hand the hand the ref the ball. You know, shake all their hands. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd have In the third I'd quarter. Have that, <laughs> I'd have that attitude and that dog like Draymond had. If I and if I did, perhaps we're not sitting here on this podcast right now. I'd be overseas. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be overseas, averaging ten and twelve somewhere. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> there You go well, if it makes you feel any better, I was afraid of everybody, I was afraid of my teammates occasionally, so don't you worry about that, man. I, I definitely would not have been rolling into any huddles, shithousing anybody. Uh, I'm a little and, timid out there at times, held me yeah. back. So, <laughs> yeah, well, nothing, just another thing you and I have in common, don't you worry about that. Uh, back to Warriors basketball. Here's a real question. This huddle listener wants to know what CJ noticed between uh, or the differences between games four and five and Steph's performance. What happened? Why'd we go from godlike 42 to uh, not so godlike mid-teens? You
3: know, that's an interesting question. My editor actually this morning popped the video, um, you know, sent me a video on Slack of like some of the Celtics defensive adjustments. And it's all valid. You know, the, the main thing I took away is. Said the they're more aggressive on the ball screens, not allowing Steph as much space, which in in turn forced yeah. him to take more contested shots. But this is Steph Curry we're talking about, like like there, like like there's right. nothing really. You you're at his mercy whenever he, he can launch that thing from half court and sink it. Like you're you're at his mercy, right? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if you're, it's contested or not, right? So. I think it was something as simple as the matter. Steph was missing shots. It was just one of those nights. Everyone has those nights, and Steph Curry isn't above that. You know what I'm saying? As great as as he is, he isn't above that. I've seen teams hound Steph Curry for four quarters, and he still gets 30. You You know what I'm saying? So the guy just had an off night. But, again, despite his struggles from deep, he still had it going from two, and he still had one of the highest plus minuses on the team. The guy was just missing shots. Yes, Boston made some defensive adjustments. They didn't give him as much room coming off of those high ball screens or the side ball screens, so he can turn the corner and just like let it fly. You know, there's hands in his face. Robert Williams, Al Horford. They're 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 more they're more attached to him. But really, I mean, it's Stephen Curry. You're at his mercy. The guy was just missing shots, and, and it happens. And I'll tell you this: he's not going to go 0 for nine again. <laughs> so. I mean, do you, guys, do you guys agree with me on that? I do. Like, I'm curious. Like, because sometimes, like, as a former player, I think in black and white. You know, t- today, uh, it's time for a rant. And today's, like, you know, journalism and media, you know, everyone wants to throw out all these numbers and advanced metrics, which which do which do have their place. It's good to support your claims with actual data and evidence. But I'm a big eye test guy, right? I'm a big eye test guy. And I saw a guy in st- uh, on in, in game five. Steph got good looks. Some of those looks were fine. He just didn't yep. knock him down.
1: You know what I'm saying? I think it's as simple as that. So I, I, I'm going to go with a yes and, right? So yes, I agree with you. Um, the I think that a lot of that was Steph just not making shots he normally does. I think we are going to see a huge shift come game six. And whatever the hell their defensive approach is, are they going to you know limit to Steph to 0 for 9 from three-point range again? No. No, they are not. Here's the and. Do I think they changed the way they approached them? Yeah, they did a little bit. And we saw why they've been worried about approaching it in this way. You know, Up until now, they've been playing this drop coverage on them. And what they've been doing is, all right, Steph will beat us. Nobody else will, especially you, Draymond. Well, they shifted that a little bit. They started blitzing him, and we saw why they were worried about it. Everybody else went off. To attack
2: Exactly right. That's what
1: happened. You know, you gave Draymond, Draymond was going downhill again. Wiggins was getting wide open shots. Clay is, you know, is is getting wide open shots from the from the corner. So yes, I think that Steph comes back with a fury, even if they double him. And I think they shifted it a little bit. Um, let me flip us off to our next question because I know we're running a little bit long here, and it's an important one. Quote fake clay so you guys i don't know if you've been following this there's a guy who dresses up a youtuber who dresses up and looks exactly like clay when he dresses up uh quote fake clay was banned last night from chase for life after he used the player's entrance to get in are you team fake clay nothing wrong with a little fun now and again or team chase center in this spreading feud so for people who didn't notice it we basically heard it there a youtuber uh I don't have the guy's name, unfortunately enough. But for the last few years, whenever the Warriors made the finals, this guy would dress up like Clay. He'd look so much like him that he'd like take pictures with people and shit. And this time, he literally went through the player's entrance, got onto the court, and was shooting around for a while before they realized, oh, no, wait a minute, you're just a YouTuber, and not only kicked him out, but then kicked him out for life. This gentleman is never allowed back into Chase Center. So – MT, why don't you take this first? Hearing that story, you team Chase Center or are you back in Fake Clay here?
2: I'm back in team Chase Center. Uh, I think it's fun that he did it and, you know, like he's got the shtick going on. The way he has done this consistently or persistently, I think is what led to the lifetime ban. It wasn't because it was a first time offense. He's done this a few times. Um, and he even said it himself on Twitter. He was like, if it was me, I would ban myself too. with with all the stuff that I've gotten away with. So I'm team Chase Center, but um, you gotta love the fact that Clay's personality just continues to keep giving now with even strangers who aren't even Clay. I mean
1: maybe this is just me being an old ass curmudgeonly man but fuck pranks in general and fuck uh, fake clay to, okay, do that in the summer league or something dude like this is the finals we don't need to be focusing on you and the fact that you kind of look like one of the splash brothers I don't care what pictures you take I don't care that you're able to somehow get through our security get off the floor don't be a distraction and if you'd like to watch the game buy a fucking ticket dude so no I am huge on the outside of fake clay it bothered me before and it's really annoying me now i'm i'm hard out and as long as i'm saying it the, the whole like youtube pranks like when you slap somebody in the supermarket and then turn around like it isn't you fuck all of that too grow up it's ridiculous dude i i am not a fan of any of that how about you cj with uh, suddenly cj takes off his hat and is actually fake clay this whole time he's just trying destri- like <laughs> completely uh <laughs> and fake this it's fake cj oh my god <laughs> That band it's is
3: bullshit. <laughs> right. but, uh, you know the funniest part of that video is like he's like walking down the stairs, uh, you know, towards the media roman route to the court, and and so it's like Seth gets his win the clay.
1: <laughs> I saw that, and he's like, "We will" or something, or "I'll try it" but or look, something. Look,
3: look, I understand. <laughs> I understand a band, a band. I understand, but like. Banning him for life because – I mean, I love everyone at Chase Center. I love the Chase Center security. I know a lot of them very well. But to ban him for life because you guys didn't do your jobs, I mean, you saw the video. They just let him in. They just let him in. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's not his – yeah. like it doesn't look that like,
2: much like Clay, too. like –
3: no. Like he doesn't look yeah. that much. He looks like Clay <laughs> He not look – they're not identical twins. Like, you, sh- you guys should have – Exactly. You know I'm saying? They should have noticed that and put a, put a stop to it. He's in his uniform. Why would he be in his uniform coming through the he security? The video And they asked him to leave. <laughs> I mean, they're still – you know what I'm saying? Everybody's still friendly and nice. And he's okay. Like, oh, can I still come to the game? Man? They're like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? But – so, like, I understand the punishment. He shouldn't have done that. But to ban him – for someone so – I don't want to say he's like an integral piece of the fan base, but he's been around for years, right? Um, and then you know the, fan, the fans love the guy, and to ban him for life seems a little harsh. Would I have banned? Wrong.
1: Him for wrong. Maybe, maybe wrong. I don't know. I do not ban him. Here's my hope: happens. I hope that, that that fucking letter that went to him that banned him for life. I hope that's a fake. I hope somebody's pranking him and he never <laughs> finds out. I hope that like they like the this Warriors is suddenly concern. like some no, giant ruse Warriors, and he gets stuck on that. Um,
3: I was able to confirm with the Warriors it is real, but um, I don't know, man. Yeah. It just seems a little harsh. Because at the end of the day, he, he's a super fan and you know he loves his team. And I don't know if he's a he's a Warriors fan just because he looks like Clay Thompson, but, but um, you know, <laughs> like 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 the bands. Life over that, no one was hurt. He didn't vandalize anything, no one was hurt to ban him for like maybe next season, sure. But to ban him for life, that just to me, that just
1: feels a little harsh. I think they should ban him from ever wearing a clay jersey. That's how far <laughs> I'll take this thing. That video, dude. So, like, if I shoot myself dressing up like a player. Uh, going through someplace and then taking a bunch of shots. You know what that video is not about? My fandom. You know what that video is not about? Supporting the Warriors. You know what it's about? Look at me. I can dress up like
3: Andrew Wiggins, and everyone will know I'm not Andrew Wiggins, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a, yeah, like that's totally not a fair. Crime, but if you did, like, that. have you heard of cosplay man? It's not a crime to dress up, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's yeah, okay, I'm that's serious, fair. But it's, if I dress up like it's four, his fault if, for being deceptive but it's not his fault they literally let him in like you feel me it's
1: well, you you are right on that but to continue this if i dress up like captain america and somehow made my way into a scene on the avengers <laughs> set they would kick me the fuck out faster than anyone's ever seen anything you know if i dressed up like a doctor and somehow made it into an operating room they'd kick me out faster than anyone's seen anything there are certain rules that you know even though it's somebody else's job to keep you out if if I sneak through airport security with something that I shouldn't have, and then get mm-hmm. found on the other side, I get kicked out I'm saying, immediately. It's one that's thing exactly If you right like
3: climb through the vents and like 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 <laughs> came down on a rope like onto like mid court and like you know disconnected and like truly infiltrated the place, right? Or
1: like 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 I mean you're definitely right. He just walked in. No, you're not wrong. And his basketball shorts had pockets. He goes through that security shit and he pulls out his cell phone yeah, and his wallet like, and shit out Clay of pockets. And everyone's just like, Oh yeah, <laughs> you probably don't want that. Yeah. It's like, uh, you probably like, how oh, Weird, Clay, you decided to you decided just to walk here, huh? With all your stuff on and shit. I'm you not saying Fine. there shouldn't be a
3: punishment, but like, you know, for life, come on. I feel like that was more of just chasing her being salty, like, damn, he got us. You know what I'm saying?
1: For I would life, I was with it. I I think he should never be allowed to say the word basketball. I mean, I'm just footballing here. I'm just throwing things out. I mean, who knows? Uh, Maxime, take us home. Most important question. Give us our predictions. The spread as things stand going into game six is Boston's favored by four. It's going to be a madhouse, undoubtedly. So uh, who do you think wins this? I've said this the whole time. I said we were going to split the first
4: four games, two and two. I said we were going to win game five and game six. I'm not going back on that now. And look, it's not just because I said it and I want to defend my take from the start. It's also because I think we have a lot of momentum. I think we're getting into their head. I think they've had longer series than us up until the finals. So they're going to be on more and more tired legs. You're seeing Al Horford have less and less of an impact as the series go on. And I think that's in part because we're playing him well and in part because they're exhausted.
1: Well, crescendo to you, CJ. I am sticking with my prediction. I still think it's Warriors in seven which means we do in fact drop this one uh i'm worried about it i hope to god the warriors pull it out but i do think that we'll lose also i have plans on dressing up as andrew wiggins for game seven and storming the court so uh i won't be able to do that if they lose or they win it in boston so i i say it's a a hell of a game um i think we give boston a run for their money but unfortunately enough i think this comes back and the warriors close it out on sunday MG?
2: Um, I said the Warriors in five, so I'm going to have to go five-ish and go Warriors in six, and we win it. Um, outside of Clay, our starting five was 0 for 19 from three last game, so I don't think we repeat that. Um, we still won by 10 with that shooting percentage, too, so obviously Steph had a big hand in that, but Porter missed all of his green. And Andrew Wiggins, great game, still was 0 for 6 from three, so um, I think we shoot better, and I think we close it out. CJ?
3: There is nothing – there are no examples in this postseason that lead me to believe that the Warriors are going to win game six tomorrow night. They had a chance to close out – they had a chance to close out the Nuggets in four, got their ass kicked in game four down the stretch. Had a chance to uh, close out the Memphis in game five, and we don't talk about that. (laughs)
2: No, we happen. don't talk
3: about that. <laughs> and the same thing against Dallas. You got a chance to sweep the Mavericks, and they knocked down 23s and lead by as many as, what, 25, 26. I just think about that recent history and that environment and the fact that J- Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, they got their backs against the wall. They have their back against the wall on their home court. I am, I'm going to believe that they're going to show up and give the Warriors hell. I think it's going to be a, a good game. I, I, I see Boston riding that momentum and desperation down the stretch, and, but, and the Warriors are going to have to find a way to wrap it up in seven on their home court on Sunday night.
1: That was way too capably said. Do you, I mean, I really wish you could have like done that. I don't know more, uh, less professionally. Um, I, I am like fighting back tears now. No. I don't need you to bring back all of the like previous lacks of success we had in Memphis and all those other things. Maxine changed all of that shit. Use yeah. the rest of his boys. Make it like a uh, like a kidnapper's note. <laughs> Use the other things he said and have him tell <laughs> the Warriors.
2: I'm pretty sure fake Clay was the one who played in Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> <Another
1: one. laughs> I knew it. Another reason to hate fake clay. Reason hey, number 8,005. He, 8, he edited dude. his
3: video. He kind of had a burner, right? Like, you know what <laughs> i mean,
1: actually,
3: <laughs> It was just that 1,3. It was just that 1,3 that he like, hit, for sure. Know, he did hit that 1,3. He had a little stroke.
1: Yeah, He's like, oh,
2: that's kind of wet. Okay? Okay. <laughs>
1: This, this has really gotten away from me. If we're now praising <laughs> fake clay after all of this, let's go ahead and wrap this up. CJ, you know how much we appreciate you. You know how much we uh, enjoy having you on the show. And you also know that we're not alone. For people who need more CJ homes in their life, where do you they go? You can find me at 200 East. I'm playing now. You can find me on uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Twitter and Instagram at Homes 22 uh, we are on very limited social media. Our Twitter account is uh, at fuckfakeclay forever. Our uh, email address has been switched over to FFakeClay. Um, and with that in mind, go Warriors. And hopefully we'll see you real soon.